Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's a challenge for defenses because the Eagles do a good job of almost making you wrong every time. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello to everyone in Steelers Nation, and welcome to the Saverin on Steelers podcast. I'm Stan Saverin. We do these podcasts, putting two new episodes up per week. Nothing but Steeler content. If you enjoy the podcast, I invite you to tell your friends and neighbors, relatives, whomever, your pets, doesn't matter, uh, to find the podcast. It can be uh, retrieved on Steelers.com. I also do a daily talk show on ESPN Pittsburgh. You can find that through your iHeartRadio media app. Just download it. It's free. And you can listen every day or live stream it if you uh, have the time to do that. Uh, or listen over the air, 970 AM. Today we start out with a question. How much should be expected of an off- a defense? Excuse me. How much should we expect from a defense? Is their job just to minimize the amount of points the opponent scores? Or given the state of their offense, are they expected to contribute to the offense, either by scoring points, setting them up in very positive field position? And how much responsibility do they bear for limiting the Dolphins to 16 points, but dropping what could have been significant turning points by interceptions, takeaways, to an offense that only mustered 10 points and had to withstand the turnovers of a rookie quarterback. Now, that may seem to be unfair. After all, the Steelers have done a, the defense has done a good job the last two games against Tom Brady in Tampa and certainly against Tua Tagovailoa in the Miami game. But they did hold them to 16 points. And as Dick LeBeau, the former Steeler defensive coordinator, used to say, if you hold your opponent to under 17 points, you should win the game. And you should, especially based on the high-powered offenses that are prevailing these days in the NFL. Scoring actually is down a bit in the NFL, but still, you see what the other teams do, what they're capable of doing. And here were the Steelers getting eaten up alive in the first quarter 
but things changed dramatically in the second quarter and through the rest of the game. It looked like Tyreek Hill and Jalen uh, Waddell were going to have field days. They did in the first quarter and a half, but after that, adjustments were made very impressively by the Steelers' coaching staff, and the Dolphins were shut out the rest of the way. They were forced to punt on five consecutive possessions in the second half. That should have given the Steelers an opportunity. But given the three or four opportunities for interceptions that they did not convert, Miami was able to maintain possession. I don't know if one of those turnovers would have turned around the game, but certainly half of them. Two of the three, if you believe there were four. Two of those, the Steelers win the game. Now, they're also hampered by a couple of factors. The offense's inability to move the ball and also by poor punting. You know, we talk about defense. I think punting should be included in that. Those hidden yards that they're losing with poor punts, if you kick a 36-yarder, or in one case, a 23-yarder, those extra 18 to 25 yards make the difference between a field goal attempt and a punt or an opportunity to score a touchdown or not with compared to an opportunity for a field goal. Either way, the poor punting is hurting them. And maybe it's unfair to ask a defense to assist the offense, but to borrow a phrase, it is what it is. We don't know if this offense is going to get better, if Kenny Pickett will solve his turnover issues. He's thrown seven now in three games. And so while it might be asking a lot of the defense to rectify that and to contribute via the defense to help out the offense, that's what needs to be done to win. Ultimately, obviously, the idea is to do whatever's necessary to win football games. And you can say absolutely that the defense did their part in shutting out the Dolphins in the second half and creating opportunities for the offense. But the interceptions were not tough plays. They were right in their hands. And it was enough to keep the Dolphins off the scoreboard, but not enough to lend a helping hand to their offense, which continues to suffer. So how good a defense is it? They're not going to be a great defense. I think we see that. It remains a mystery, although wrapped in not a mystery, about their sack total. Three in the last four games. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. 
Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Without T.J. Watt. You obviously can't ignore his absence. It's clear. But that doesn't excuse the rest of the players. That doesn't excuse Alex Highsmith or Malik Reed, who you never hear from. It doesn't excuse some of the down linemen. Maybe it's time the Steelers start to blitz more linebackers up the middle. The problem is when you blitz guys like Tuuk Tagovailoa and this week Jalen Hurts, you're opening up potentially gaping holes in your secondary. And really, what they did last week against Tua after they made the adjustment they totally kept him in check. Now, maybe he was under orders not to run. He ran the one time. I'm sure the Dolphins would appreciate him not running. But blitzing is a dangerous thing, especially if you have issues with your cornerbacks. Now, they happen to do a really good job after the adjustments that were made, I thought, really in midway through the second quarter. But it's asking a lot to put those corners in that one-on-one, man-on-man defense against high-quality receivers like Miami had and Philadelphia has as well. The Eagles are 6-0, and the only undefeated team in the NFL, the only team that has those kind of bragging rights. But how good are they? And did they expect to be in this position, the only undefeated team in the NFL. We're joined now by Chris McPherson. He works and writes for PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And Chris, last year the Eagles were 9-8. and eight. And I'm sure we're looking to make gains. But was the organization, even the fan base, expecting them to be 6-0 and oh at this point? Certainly so, because I think Coach Nick Sirianni and GM Howie Roseman took stock of where they were at at the end of the season. And he said, offensively, look, they've got one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in football. They built a game plan around Jalen Hurts, who was a first-year starter. They realized they needed some more weapons on the outside. So first night of the draft, they make a trade with Tennessee, and they get A.J. Brown, who has been a difference maker in this offense. Basically, whenever the Eagles need a go-to play, he is the guy that will shed off man coverage, you know, can go down deep, can do it all for the offense. Oh, by the way, though, they still have Devontae Smith, 
previous year's first-round pick, and Dallas Goddard, who to me is a monster, one of the best tight ends in all of football. And then defensively, they realize there they need a talent upgrade. So they get Hassan Reddick to bring a little more punch off the edge. They were one of the worst teams to get into the quarterback. And then they helped out the secondary by bringing in James Bradbury, former Pro Bowl cornerback from the New York Giants, you know, is cut late in the uh, free agency process. So the Eagles scoop him up to pair him with another Pro Bowl cornerback in Darius Slay. And then just before the start of the season, they acquired C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the star safety from the New Orleans Saints. So um, basically I think they realized the framework is in place, but the biggest key here so far for this team is offensively, Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal as a dual-threat quarterback and taking care of the football, only two giveaways by the entire team this season. And with those new additions on defense, it's a ball-hawking mentality, 14 takeaways. They lead the NFL in that department as well. Well, that's amazing when you only turn it over twice in six games. Where has Hurts improved the most in your view, Chris? Definitely as a passer. I mean, there's no question about the running element that he brought with the RPO game, but his decision-making, his processing of the offense, you know, if if you're able to watch the Eagles on a national game at all, they're always going to cite this. It's one of those like stats. It's almost like every time there's an Eagles game, they show the, the cheesesteaks being cooked in, in Philadelphia. They also bring up the fact that Jalen Hurts has not had the same offensive play caller in consecutive seasons dating back to high school high school until this year because there was turnover in Alabama. He transferred to Oklahoma. There was coaching changes after he came to Philadelphia. You know, this offensive coaches have understood what Jalen Hurts loves and loves to work with. And Jalen Hurts has been able to get comfortable in his scheme for two seasons in a row. So, you know, going back to the addition of AJ Brown, it's Jalen Hurts has not been able to just be good, you know, throwing to both the outsides of of the defense, but it's also being able to attack the middle of the field. That's something that he was averse to doing last season, and that he's been much, much better at this season, opening up the whole offense. And really, it's a challenge for defenses because the Eagles do a good job of almost making you wrong every time. If you think that Hurts is going to keep it, okay, he's got the ability as 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 a runner to be able to be a defense. He's able to give it off, whether it's a quick pass or it's, you know, a toss play to Miles Sanders, who everyone there in Pittsburgh knows from his time at Penn State and growing up in the western part of the state, uh, or he's able to throw the ball as well. So he's just been truly an ultimate weapon for this Eagles offense this season. And it's not just, again, taking care of the football, but making big explosive plays for this offense. So to me, it's a combination of just being comfortable in the offense for the second season in a row, being able to grow for a more accurate passer, a better decision maker, and it doesn't hurt the fact that you've got A.J. Brown, one of the league's top wideouts, helping round out the pass-catching group. I did want to ask you, of course, about Miles Sanders, who played at uh, Woodland Hills here before he went to Penn State. I want to ask one more question about Hurts and the quarterback play. Um, the Steelers in two of the last three weeks uh, faced Tua. Uh, they faced Josh Allen. Guys really hurt you with their legs. Does Hurts have designed running plays for him? Do they utilize that? Or is he just dangerous, you know, scrambling? Uh, and making those decisions as the play develops? They're both. There are designed running plays for him. They will do QB draws. They will do QB power for him to take advantage of that skill set. Um, but there are also times when, you know, Hertz will drop back and he will quickly recognize, look, first option, second option, not there. Look, 
I've got wide open grass in front of me. I'm going to take off. And he's also very good. Key for him in staying healthy and being a quarterback who will run with the football is he knows when to slide. He knows how to get out of bounds. He doesn't take the big hits. You know, one of the interesting matchups I feel like in this Sunday's game, and you mentioned some of the other mobile quarterbacks that the Steelers have faced recently, and there's a guy they see every year in Lamar Jackson. It's this coaching staff of the Steelers from Tomlin to Terrell Austin to Brian Flores. It's like, I really want to see what do they respect about Jalen Hurts' game and what do they think that he's good at and what are they going to try to take away from him um, because teams have come at him in every different way. Teams have blitz, and he's been able to beat the blitz with throwing against man coverage. Teams have, faced, have, have played zone against him, and Hurts is good enough that he'll pick you apart from the pocket. So that's going to be the, one of the chess matches I want to see is how did the Steelers come out initially? And maybe like last Sunday against the Dolphins, they made some tremendous adjustments to keep them in the game what will they do along those lines, and can the Eagles come back with a counterpunch? Well, you're 100% right on the adjustments they made uh, because they shut out the Dolphins in the second half and forced five three-and-outs in succession. But their offense is so moribund uh, that they weren't able to take advantage of it, and they also dropped legitimately three interceptions, maybe even four. I do want to ask you about – I, I, I want to add one thing there, and that brings to something that, that's been something that will be interesting to watch with the Eagles coming out of bye is this Eagles offense has been historically good in the second quarter of games, and the Eagles have done a great job of getting ahead at halftime on every opponent this season. But they've allowed teams to claw their way back into games. And I, I remember this stat flashed up the other night while the Sears were playing the Dolphins that they've trailed by double digits in, I think, all but one game this season. So if the Eagles are able to get another big lead early, are they going to allow teams like, like the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago made it a much closer game? They've had to sweat some games out in the end. They've been able to, to come up with a key drive to be able to seal the win, but nonetheless, that's one of the things, the bugaboos about this Eagles team is they've done a great job in the first half of getting out to leads, but they've allowed teams to get back in, and, and the offense has had its moments where it's gone a little little quiet. So if that happens, could it almost be a repeat of what the Steelers went through, only could they possibly be able to finish off the job this time around? Hmm. Uh, not looking promising in that regard. Promising being a relative term, of course. I do want to ask you about Miles Sanders. Um, you know, it was kind of a caddy uh, for um, – name is escaping me. Um, Saquon Barkley, excuse me, Saquon Barkley, excuse me. Um, uh, But he's really blossomed as a second-round pick of the Eagles. Uh, How good a player has he uh, uh, developed into, Chris? I think he's having a tremendous season. He's been kind of the -the under-the-radar star for the offense. Uh, I'm going to point to the Jacksonville game earlier this season. Eagles, this is the one time the Eagles fell behind 14 and nothing, and it was rainy, miserable conditions in South Philadelphia. And Basically, they had to rely on the ground game, and the offensive line credited Sanders with turning some of these runs that could have been three-yard, five-yard losses into minimal gains or even significant gains uh, to be able to keep the offense ahead of the sticks. Um, It's just because of the way Hurts has played and the addition of A.J. Brown and the passing game that he's kind of gotten lost uh, a little bit in the shuffle, but this rushing attack was number one in the league last season. They're number one in rushing touchdowns again this season. Sanders did not get in the end zone at all last season, just was not able to get in there. It was just a, a black hole for whatever reason. But he has found his way back uh, into Pater this year. Um, obviously, fourth-year contract year, it's a, it's a big time for him. But 
he has flourished uh, this season in this offense. He's running hard. He's being decisive. He's getting in between the tackles. He's doing a great job of taking what's there. And he has that explosiveness and elusiveness to be able to, like I said, take those small gains and to be able to break them in, into big, explosive, you know, long runs. So uh, he's running, again, behind one of the best offensive lines in football, but he's taking advantage of everything that they have given him. So Miles Sanders uh, definitely kind of under the radar just because of the rest of the team's success. But uh, at his last press conference, offensive coordinator Shane Steichen made a point to say how good Miles Sanders is running with the football this season. I think in previous years, there would be a little too much dance and a little too much of looking for the home run. He's doing a much, much better job of just taking what's there for him this season. We shall see. That's it for this edition of Saverin on Steelers podcast. Again, we're up twice with new episodes weekly. Tell your friends and neighbors and all Steeler fans they can find it on Steelers.com. I invite you to listen to the post-game show after the Eagles game and every game. I'm joined by Charlie Batch about 20 minutes after the game ends. And also my weekly talk show on ESPN Pittsburgh AM 970. Or you can get it by downloading the iHeartMedia app on your phone. It is free for all. Thanks for joining me today. We'll talk to you again next time on the Savern on Steelers podcast. So long, everybody. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone, so what if I need a new one? We have the right Duralast battery for you, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, and what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.